Today's episode is brought to you by the new Yelp for Restaurants. In July 2020, hundreds of hospitality professionals and enthusiasts at Yelp banded together to create a new team dedicated entirely to the betterment of restaurants. Check out our latest project together, the Restaurant Marketing School podcast at restaurants.yelp.com forward slash marketing school or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here we go. So I think there's going to be a real shift as well, I think, where some aggregators and delivery companies have said, we own the customer. I think there's going to be a bit of a groundswell that restaurateurs are going to say, well, they're actually my customer. I've got to look after them. I want to target them. And I want to know all the touch points. So I actually get a correct customer record. And I think that's going to be a big change post-pandemic. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry. Featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators. Served up on the house. Who's the most important person in your restaurant? On a busy Saturday night, it's the dishwasher. Because if the dishwasher doesn't show up, you're the dishwasher. To make his job easier and our operation more efficient, we've upgraded to Dawn Professional Pot and Pan. Dawn Professional cleans 58% more pots and pans per sink using less soap and resulting in fewer changeovers. Save time and money with Dawn Professional. It's clean, upgraded. Most of us have a tough time imagining what the world is going to look like next month. Forget about next year. But in order to ensure the survival of our businesses and this industry, we need to know what's coming down the pike. What resources and tools can we leverage to truly thrive in the restaurant industry? Today, Tim Brown of Oracle runs us through what's available today and what we can look forward to in the future. So I'm part of Oracle. I've been in the food and beverage tech industry for about 28 years. I was very lucky. I went to hotel school back in the UK. And at the time when technology was suddenly starting to come to the fore, whether it was hotel technology or restaurant technology, I worked for a hotel company in London that was putting in an electronic point of sale system from a company called Micros. Um, I was given the project and I've been with the company Micros and then through the acquisition of Oracle for 26 years. Oracle has sort of the global business units. And then the sort of the Oracle tech and apps. And so what people will see sort of Larry Ellison with the databases and the technology and things along those sides. What Oracle has done a really good job on is connecting tech to industries. So I work in the global business unit division. And as a part of that global business units, there's the food and beverage business unit. So we really focus on providing technology to food and beverage operators globally. As I say, I look after three sort of areas of the business at the moment. One is what we call our solution engineering team, um, known in some quarters as like pre-sales, but we call it solution engineering. So my team go out and really work with restaurateurs in analyzing where they want to be today, but where do they want to get in the future with all the technology that's coming down the line? How can we work with them on a roadmap over a number of years? I then look after our alliance and channel team, so our resellers globally, anywhere from North America to Indonesia to South Africa to the Middle East. I work with a lot of resellers, helping them drive our applications, work with their customers. And then I look after a smaller team for consulting sales. So 
when we've got all the tech and the solution, we then have a team that help design the rollout plan for that customer. So as I say, I've been with Oracle 26 years, had a great career, been very, very lucky, traveled to, I think, just under 90 countries, met some fantastic people. And when the pandemic hit, what opportunities did you and Oracle see as an opportunity to help relative to the way things were before? I think the first time round was really different to the second time round. We're now in our second lockdown over here in the UK and in Europe. And in the first time round, everybody was like just in shock. Didn't know how to pivot, didn't know how to change their operation was sort of looking at what off-premise meant. And some restaurants that had already gone down the digital route were able to pivot a lot more quickly. There was a lot of confusion about could their product actually move to more of an on-premise? What things would they need to change? So we really worked on a couple of things over here at the first lockdown, which was actually just working with customers to say, right, what do we need to do to get your systems ready? safe you're going into lockdown what do we need to do to switch things off make sure that passwords are saved make sure that computers are shut down correctly all the good housekeeping things and then we work with them on a rebound assessment tool which was they sort of went through a different cycle of shock and then thinking about how they could move out of it what do they need to do and then how to drive forward so my team actually worked on a restaurant rebound tool which took a lot of data from their existing system, a lot of interviews with them in person, and then actually started to plot how they could maybe offer an off-premise channel. How could they get ready for social distancing? What happens if they offer the terrace? What happens if they change their menu slightly to reduce the number of dishes that they had, but actually the ones that were more profitable to help them rebound with less inventory, less stock, less staff? So the rebound tool really helped a number of our customers just to analyze their business. Nothing to do with technology. We just spent a lot of time with them. We had one that wasn't even a customer that actually took our tool and we worked with them. And they were actually able to go to their landlord and say, look, my business is struggling. Here's my plan. And then he went to the bank and said, here's my plan. Give me a business continuity loan. So that was great to be part of the community. And I think first time around, everybody was part of the hospitality, the food and beverage industry, everybody came together. I think when people started coming through lockdown and especially over here and internationally, things started opening up. It was then more about how could they pivot quickly? How could they change to really embrace off-premise? Over here in the UK, the government brought out a scheme called Eat Out to Help Out, which was available in August, uh, three days in the week, certain menu items. And they wanted it seamless. So our teams contacted the government, listened to what the program needed to do, how they needed to report it, how could they claim the money back from the government. And very quickly, we wrote a tool, a bit of programming to actually help our restaurateurs not worry about the calculations. Just run the program, press the button. The rest is worked out for you. You can then submit that to the government. You can get your rebate back. So that was a couple of really good practical things to help our restaurateurs and our hospitality users pivot quickly. I think second time around, a couple of months ago, I think people were, were ready for it. So they pivoted to off-prem very quickly. During lockdown, we worked with a lot of integrators, a lot of providers of third-party technology to make sure that they were seamless in our integrations, that we were working. So if somebody wanted to do offline ordering, if somebody, sorry, off-premise ordering through a mobile app, 
through delivery, through the aggregators. We were working with all these companies to help people embrace the off-premise channels. And those are the things that we did pretty much through the phase one and phase two. When people talk about pivots, especially pivots in the industry, and I spent my entire life in it, what I found most interesting is that most of the pivots would be considered like natural digital evolutions in any other industry. And it took us a lot longer to get here than so many other industries. The idea that we as owners and operators ignored a variety of revenue streams simply because we were used to doing business a certain way and innovation has never really been prized in the industry. I can imagine that there was a real opportunity from where you're sitting to help innovate and to help the industry recover. Now that you've got a sea of restaurateurs that wouldn't pick up the phone, now everybody's interested in innovation and optimization and what does a digital facing restaurant look like? In what ways is Oracle helping the restaurant industry innovate and recover? I think you make a really valid point. I think acceleration to digital is probably two years ahead of globally where we thought it would be. Having the benefit of being in the sort of over here in the UK and working with some fantastic chains globally, the two markets that have always seemed to innovate globally, more than even America, quite strangely, is the UK and Sweden. And restaurant chains that I've worked with in the UK, especially, and I was looking to lead a project about, for must be eight, 10 years ago, to introduce the first iPhone app with Wagamamas in the UK. And it was the first ever restaurant app on the App Store on an iPhone 3, and we connected it to a point of sale. And people thought it was revolutionary at the time. And I've still got on my notice board the cutting from the London Evening Standard saying, restaurant chains, watch out, this will change it. And everyone was like, yeah, yeah, it's a fad. And that was quite interesting at the time because, it was, yeah, okay, ordering through your mobile phone. I think moving forward, we really had to embrace it. So we have, so we've been forced. And I think the next generation of consumers and users have suddenly have also forced that sort of message across that we have to embrace it. But it, it's also been interesting in a couple of other areas where people, to your point, have really just focused on premise and thought that off premise was for the pizza companies or the Indian takeaways or the burger joints or whatever every sector of the industry has embraced off-premise and viewed it as a channel and the other area that i think is really interesting to your point is not only restaurant delivery but also retail the number of fine dine restaurants that have started doing box meals sent to your house with a youtube video so it's not just technology in the store we've actually seen them embrace like technology via zoom or by youtube to say hey i'm going to send you some fantastic steak a great bottle of wine and i'm actually going to show you how to cook it so it's sort of changed from being a pure delivery service or a takeaway service to now being a meal experience and i think that's the challenge that some have faced is how do you translate a really good on-prem meal experience to providing a great off-prem meal experience and it's going to be interesting i don't know how you feel just but over here, there's talk of takeaway fatigue at the moment and that people have this pent-up demand of why they've been appreciative in supporting their local restaurants. Actually, when we open up, there's this roaring 20s, they call it, in the UK, of people will go out two, three, four times a week. I wonder what impact that will have on off-premise or whether there'll be a sort of a, 
level playing field or a more of a sort of happy medium as we go forward that they'll be great on-prem, but even fantastic off-prem as well, living together harmoniously. Well, that's the dream, right? The dream is that it becomes this mixture of dine-in, takeout and delivery, retail options, because every other industry survives on multiple revenue streams. I'll also say that dine-in is the most expensive revenue stream we have. It costs a fortune to serve people in the restaurants. For me personally, I've been forced to rethink the whole concept. There's so many industry standards outside of our industry that we simply haven't even considered. One thing I wanted to talk to you about, because I think it became a real realization for me and a lot of other restaurateurs, is customer ownership. It's something that's never discussed in our industry. But like the day you close, and let's say you had a huge dine-in business, the day you close, you turn to your business partner and you say, I don't know who these people are, and I don't know how to contact them. And it's terrifying. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head because I think everybody rushed out and it's going to become a real challenge post-pandemic when we open up because everybody has got multiple customer databases in multiple sources. And you really don't know who your customer is across all the channels. So you might have the loyalty program on your on-premise, you might have a record from one of your aggregators, you might have a mobile app. But the trick, and it's one of the things that we're working on, is there's a term hyper-personalization in when we look at AI and going forward in that sort of world, is how do I know my consumer, not just from one channel, but how do I know them on all the channels and the channels that are not known to me either? I know the channels that we have direct into connectivity and interaction and where we deliver, but how do I know what they're looking at in all other areas that I've never even thought about before? So I think there's going to be a real shift as well, I think, where some aggregators and delivery companies have said, we own the customer. I think there's going to be a bit of a groundswell that restaurateurs are going to say, well, they're actually my customer. I've got to look after them. I want to target them. And I want to know all the touch points. So I actually get a correct customer record. And I think that's going to be a big change post-pandemic. And if you were to paint a picture for me, let's say it's end of 2021, beginning of 2022. From an infrastructural and operational standpoint, how do you see restaurants continuing to evolve? What does it look like? What tools and resources do they have at their disposal that they didn't have in December of 2019? I think if you were to go back and say, did everybody have a pandemic plan? The honest answer for everybody would be no. Never even thought about it. It was in a drawer. We're probably in there. I think everybody this time around will look to have the first thing is, uh, if this ever happened again, what would I do? What would be my playbook that I just pull out of a drawer and actually say, right, we're going to do this, 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 and this really quickly, and we're going to keep our business going. Technology needs to be seen as something that is easy to use. And I always describe it as one of the utilities now. If you open your door, open your restaurant, you have to have water, you have to have electricity, you have to have gas. Tech, whatever fashion it is, it has to be always on, always running, always up to date, not gray out periods or anything like that. Tech is one of the utilities that we have to run our restaurants, like water, like gas, etc. I think we also need to have tools that provide leaders and owners like yourself to have data that you can make instant real-time decisions. You don't want to wait till tomorrow and go, if only we'd done this, 
If only I'd done that. But I think data, you know, to stop all the cliches and the new words and that, you know, they say data is a new oil and everything like that. I think that's important, but I think it's got to be structured data that's relevant to a restaurateur in real time and takes not only sort of data from the restaurant from sales, but also takes everything else around it. So if things are happening in the local marketplace, if the weather's changing, if there's a flight ban, if there's a pandemic, how do you really then look at your pandemic playbook and say, right, I know last time around, if I put these measures in, what menu should I offer? How many starters? What food should we offer? How many should I make on a nightly basis? So I'm not wasting food. I'm just preparing enough to meet the demands of the business in that marketplace. How do I offer across multiple channels, but how do I own the customer? How do I bring the brand back to me and not have my brand diluted to all these different third parties? Because I'm the brand owner. And forget about commissions and that, that's not, but it's about you having the brand and developing the brand. And that then couples with the customer experience, because if they touch your brand on any channel, they want that great customer experience that's connected to a central source that's consistent, whether it's on or off, by a delivery aggregator, by your own channel, by voice, whatever's coming. So how do you bring all that back together into my world? It's about providing point of sale. I say internally, point of sale is probably dead, long live point of service. But to provide a point of service, you need to have that platform in the center that's always on like a utility, that's consistent across your channels, that has your customer data, and that is just there and easy to use. One of the things that you spoke to that I am a huge believer in is a holistic solution to our operational issues. We get nickel and dime to death, and it seems like, by and large, most tech companies are trying to solve all of the inconveniences associated with restaurant ownership and operations, and nobody really wants to tackle the foundational issues, which are ultimately what has led to the utter collapse of the industry. Foundationally, we really struggle. And so figuring out an easier way to distribute tips isn't going to get the job done. But these are the small little tasks that marketers are pitching us on day in and day out. Was there an aha moment for you and the team over there where you said, man, the industry was on far shakier ground than we thought. This is an opportunity to come in and help. I think in the first pandemic, I think I read an article somewhere that a restaurateur actually stopped answering his phones because it was all the tech companies coming in and offering them this, that and the other, and I'll give it away free and just help you pivot. I think we've always had, even before the pandemic, we had a pretty strong vision as a team in Oracle Food and Beverage that we could see what was coming down the track. We could see that, to your point, foundational is what I talk a lot about internally is we provide a foundation, which is a platform. It's a feature rich, 20 year old platform that has all the features that you'll need to run restaurants, to run kitchens. And then there'll always be little things here and there dealing internationally with legislation and fiscal and tax and that. There's always things that we need to change. But if you've got a solid, centrally hosted cloud application that just runs in your background, then the aha moment was for us was how do we enhance that platform? How do we provide consistency? How do we reach the multiple touch points that are going to come to the fore, not only last year, but going to the future? 
the tools that are available now, as you've probably seen, anyone can probably build an app and have it connected and things along those lines. But what's important for us is providing that platform, providing the tools that help people run the business in real time, but also give them room to expand and try different areas, try different operations. How do I open a self-service, low-touch restaurant with a set of kiosks off the same platform, all running in the same way? So I don't have to build a separate database here and another database here and have something clunky in here that actually it's all in one system. And I go to one user interface and say, yeah, that's a kiosk and I want these menus and here's the pictures. And how do I distribute it? How do I get the customer information back in real time so that we can see where a customer is doing? So I can actually go up to Josh and say, hey, Josh, how was your meal last Friday when we delivered it? Did we do OK? How was the meal experience? And thanks for being and here's something on us. Loyalty goes around in waves, as you've probably seen through the years in the industry. And I think that's going to be important. So for us, it was we didn't rush out a year ago in really just bringing something to market for the sake of it. We took our time. We looked at what we were doing. We looked at the platform. We got all the integrations going so we could help people through their third parties. We looked at a set of APIs that then connected to other systems. So whether it was a real-time access to the database that didn't impact performance but gave real-time information so people could start to produce production and analyze what's coming in, what's going to be here, how many of this do I have to make to meet the rush? Because it's interesting over here in the UK, I speak to a few restaurateurs and what they've said in pandemic, it's not the fact that the orders are coming in, it's just the pace of the orders and being ready to meet the demands. And by helping customers actually start to predict that in the next hour you're going to do 13 of X and 14 of Y, get ready and refine it so it's nearly to the number that it actually is. Again, it's coming back to this customer experience. This is what we're doing. In your opinion, as a tech guy working closely with restaurants, where do you think restaurant operators should be focusing their time, their energy, and their IT resources? That's a really good question because I think there's a lot of fads out there. And I think technology is an enabler. If you look going forward, it's now about all probably the things that I've discussed. But I think if you think of some of the things, I think we're going to enter a great opportunity. If you look at, especially the restaurant industry over here, there's this big talk about what we call localization, independent innovators, people that have always probably wanted to run a restaurant and suddenly got the opportunity because there's an abundance of great staff. There's premises everywhere. Nobody's commuting, so people are staying in town. So where would I be looking for them to invest? I would think about a cloud solution with technology that connects to everything. So whether you want to do an on or an off premise, I would look at how do I want to run the business? There's a lot of talk in the industry now. I don't know if you've heard it about sustainability. It's quite interesting. I'm working on a project at the moment in the Middle East where actually they're building a city that is all about digitalization, so even restaurant digitalization. But when they've been talking about delivery and takeaway, how does that then become sustainable? How do they do recyclables? What are the materials that they then track? How do people then track that they're placing the recyclables in a bin so that they can control it so it's just not thrown everywhere? So there's some interesting things about the sustainability side of it. But I think if I was starting a restaurant now, I would start with a central platform, we know it's on, build small, build your business, analyze your data, make good choices. 
don't overexpand your menu, build your menu based on the data that we provide. Look at the tools that are available. Decide where I want to go. Analyze my off-premise channels that give me the best return. Don't go and broadcast them everywhere. And have a platform that you can grow with. Have a platform that can provide you data in real time. Have a platform that has the extensibility or the integrations to third parties. So if you do want to do something, you're ready to go very quickly and pivot. And what about on the other side of the coin? How does the customer service experience change with this evolution in tech? Obviously, there are kiosks and things like that. But do you believe that we'll still be able to maintain the same level of customer service and hospitality with these tech-enabled innovations? I think it's going to be really interesting in delivery after the pandemic. If people are providing such an off-premise channel, how do they staff their restaurants? Because if you're still doing off-premise and you're still doing on-premise, how do you find the balance? If you're in one of your nice restaurants and you sat there, you don't want to like a clad driver, biker, come into the restaurant to collect some takeaway, as he's done for the last six, seven months. So will restaurant design change? Will restaurant design change that delivery will be always outside? Will we have systems that actually predict through the kitchen when food's going to be ready? So we ping the driver 90 seconds before the food's on the pass in the containers ready to go. So you haven't got people hanging around. Do we put new doors in the background of the restaurants so that you keep drivers completely out of the way? If you take sports and entertainment and stadiums, I've got a friend of mine that's an architect for sports stadium, and I've been talking to him and spending a lot of time, is how do we think customer experience is going to change when we go and watch the soccer games in the future? Will there be concession stands everywhere? In the UK, you can't drink beer in the seat when you're watching the game, like America when you go to an NFL game or an MLS game. Over here, you can't do that. So how do you get that 15-minute window where actually you're not going to have any concession stands But you might go to a set of lockers that have all your food already there, but you order it with a touch. And at the same time, you don't just order your beer, you order a T-shirt, you order a flag, and it's delivered to a, a locker that you then just go and tap and open up. So there's that sort now where people have become used to the digital experience. How can we leverage it? How can we go into restaurants where... There might be multi-concept. You know, I've got a chain in Sweden that I work with that's done a real grab and go, but it's all done on sort of respect. And how I say respect is you order on the app, you pay for it, you walk into the store, you pick your bag up, you take the items that you want and you walk out, but you've paid for it on the app. But there's no control on actually scanning items. You take, and they do it on this loyalty concept that you're not going to take more because People believe that you're not going to take an extra sandwich or an egg roll or something along those lines. But actually, people sometimes take less, but it gives that great customer experience that you don't have to go and interact. You just order, you say, I'm having it, you walk in, you pick your items and you go. So people are trialing different concepts around the world with technology. Pay at the table for for you guys in the US. You know, we've had chip and pin over here for a long, long time. Turning tables really quickly. I did a big project with a major credit card company and with a restaurant company where we worked out by people paying for their own bill on the table and not calling over a waiter for that last mile, saved 12 minutes off the average text time at lunch. Oh, I believe that. I totally believe that. Yeah. It just completely revolutionized their lunchtime trade because you didn't have to wait. You didn't have to go and sign. You didn't have to go back. 
just on your bill, put in the check number, pay for it, off you go. I think multi-purpose devices, so pin on glass with credit card companies will change it. So a device becomes not only an ordering device, but also a credit card device. It can be an NFC device, so tap and go. One of the big things they did over here, Josh, was they raised the payment for contactless payment to 40 it's 45 pounds now. And people just use contactless all the time. And we actually can see that with the decline of the ATMs. They're all being removed from the high street. So that's the other big thing. I don't know how you feel about it, but are we moving towards a cashless society? I think it's a huge topic to tackle. And I think there are fair arguments on both sides. But from an operational standpoint, forgetting the societal and moral arguments, it is so much easier, even with the additional expense of the credit card fees, it is so much easier to run a cashless operation. And the moral argument, and they talk about sort of poorer countries and nations and what have you, but I've been in Africa where people on old Nokia phones are transferring money between two people using texting and small amounts. And it's prevalent in all the African countries, sub-Sahara, north of South Africa where they're using mobile phones to transfer money for payment of goods and cash isn't anyway. When you look to the future and you look at the goals and initiatives that you've set forth for this year and into next year, what's at the top of your list? What are you hoping to accomplish? I'm hoping that we get out of lockdown. <laughs> In all honesty, I hope we start traveling again. From a technology point of view, I think it's helping initially our customers to open successfully to allow them to embrace, because I think there's going to be a sort of a grace period where people have gone very much off-premise and now coming onto on-premise. How are they going to embrace? And it's about creating the confidence for the consumer as well, going back into restaurants, sitting there. I think the most important thing is for our industry to open up again, whether you're a bar, whether you're a pub, whether you're a restaurant, and how do we support our hospitality users, our restaurant users to open up? How do we make sure that they can turn on their point of sale and everything's ready to go and reset and menus are ready and supply chains cranking and credit cards are working and reports are zeroed and everything so that they are ready when they do open up if they haven't been doing an off-premise? How can we really help them over the next few months? Because we work in a fantastic industry. So how do we help them start to become successful again? I think then it's really working on more of a consultancy point of view and saying, okay, we've had all this off-premise and digitalization and, and aggregators and delivery and now on-premise coming back. How do you see yourselves going forward in the future? How can we provide you with a platform and a set of tools that make it easier for you to drive in different directions? How do we give you the data so that you can analyze, not at the end of a P&L or something like that, but in a real-time basis and say, do you know what? I'm going to turn off that channel because it's not working for me. I want to turn that channel on because I think I'm better. Or I want to bring it all to myself. I want to be the brand. I want to decide who takes my food and does the last mile because it's all part of my customer service. So technology plays a really important part in that from our perspective in that working with our customers in providing them, as I said earlier, that platform with a set of tools that are easy to use so that that can then promote out to whatever channel they want to go and work on. I think the next thing for me is then the consumer. How do we, in a multi-channel world, really get that consumer data down to a T? 
not only from collecting it from multiple sources, but then provide, you know, as I said earlier, we've gone through loyalty cycles through my years, segmentation, rewards, loyalty cards, etc. What's loyalty version three, version four? What does that mean? And how do we recognize over multiple channels? How do we communicate? How do we provide tools? Then when you couple that with like payments and, and everything else, what does that really mean? And then going forward is how will restaurant design change? How will kitchens change? How will technology fit into the shop fitting? How will we not see sort of industrial POS, but more streamlined, modern looking POS? And that it becomes really easy to set up and run and have it in different forms for different scenes. And how can we pivot quickly? How can we just like our home automation take that into restaurants where restaurant automation just makes it really simply to snap things in, snap things off and not have to have technicians out there? How do devices actually become more like consumable items? Like when a toaster breaks down, you throw away the toaster. You don't get a technician into the filament. And how do we bring all our years of experience helping? Because you've got some restaurateurs out there that are fantastic, really knowledgeable, know their business, drive it. But how do we help ones that are new in the industry and just work with them to say, look, the tech is there to help you? And then more longer field, there's the big talk about AI and machine learning and robotics and predictive analysis and interaction, you know, is how do we start to provide real time data about your business without you even needing to look at it i always use the analogy of sort of airports heathrow let's take heathrow for instance terminal five heathrow one of the piers all the systems are connected together the weather system predicts as fog coming in the air traffic control system says well we're going to actually slow down the planes the landing slots are going to change so we can't get planes out we're going to have more people delayed in these areas on all of these planes we've got six seven hundred people the demographic is this the demographic of this sector eats this type of food we're going to give them a voucher play that back to the restaurateur who says crikey in two hours time we're going to be hit with fog we're going to be delayed we better prepare all these sandwiches because we know we're going to sell every one of them and it becomes such a precise science that actually helps restaurateurs to have their product ready to sell Rather than running out, as you probably know, you lose more sale from running out of product than having people focus a lot on waste, but they don't focus on having products ready to sell when the demand hits. So how do we change that paradigm, which is worry about waste that you're not wasting it, but actually at the same time, have the products there ready to sell when the demand is going to be there and chase it through. And then things like how does dynamic pricing come in if you have got products to sell how do we link everything together so in real time pricing can change to drive sales for any products that are left it's an industry podcast and at the end of every episode i like to give the guests an opportunity to speak directly to the audience do you have any words of advice or encouragement you'd like to share i think this is a fantastic industry i've been in this industry all my life i've got a lot of friends both professionally and personally that work in the industry people that i went to hotel school with that run great establishments that have really suffered. The one thing that I want this year, if I had on my wish list, is that all my friends, my professional friends, personal friends, make it through this pandemic, embrace what's coming, have a fantastic, good end of the year and get back because there's no better industry that we work in. And I've been in it all my life since I was 16. And that's a long time now. 
and it's given me a great life and I want to see future generations wanting to come and work in this industry and see it as a career and I think we have some of the most creative people globally and I've worked with global restaurant chains as I said earlier all over the place this is a resilient industry and we will come through this going on the technology side I think tech is there as an enabler it's there to help it's there to run the business but what gives a great customer experience is the people that run it and I can't wait till we hit the roaring 20s again and we come out and we can go and eat in restaurants and I hope to come to San Diego and eat in your restaurant and I just wish everyone's safe and get through this Let's put this behind us. Let's learn from it. Let's have our playbook if it ever happens again. But let's bring this industry back to where it should be. That's Tim Brown. To see everything Tim and his team are working on, check out the link in the show notes. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.